Well, if you have your Bibles again, let's turn to Hebrews chapter 2. We'll read a passage in Hebrews chapter 2. I'm going to read in two different translations. Uh, Hebrews chapter 2, starting from verse 4. Hebrews chapter 2, starting from verse 4. In New American Standard Bible, verse 4 says, God also testifying with them both by signs and wonders and various miracles and by the gifts of the Holy Spirit according to his own will. Amen. I'm going to read in Passion Translation the same passage. Uh, verse, uh, Hebrews 2 verse 4. The Bible says here, Then God added his witnesses to theirs. Who's theirs? Like you and I. Right? When we preach the gospel, when we share the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Bible is saying here, God is adding his witnesses to ours. And he's validating our ministry with signs, astonishing wonders, all kinds of powerful miracles, and by the gifts of the Holy Spirit, which he distributed as he desired. Amen? Let me read uh, the... Uh, the footnotes on that verse 4, it says, Signs, wonders, and miracles were all components of the ministries of the New Testament believer. Amen? There is no place in the scripture to indicate that any of the works of Jesus or his apostles should not be seen today. Or by distribution of the Holy Spirit. The Greek word for distribution is often used for dividing an inheritance... The word gifts is implied in the text and made ex explicit. Amen? So, God is always going to perform and back us up and validate our ministry with signs and with wonders and with workings of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. And especially we need it in this generation. In this time frame, we need, we need God's power to manifest, we need the demonstration of the Holy Spirit to operate in everyday life, yeah. in your marriage, in your finances, for your children when they go to school, and for your kids when they graduate and go to colleges, and when, you, uh, when you're working in a secular world with atheists, with agnostics, uh, uh, you know, with, uh, with, any, uh, with the people who don't believe in Jesus as their Lord and Savior, we not only just say, hey, I'm a Christian, but we need to, you know, believe God that the demonstration of the Holy Spirit will be with us and will help us perform as we walk and as we believe according to Hebrews 2.4. Amen? Amen? So that's what I'm going to share with you for a little bit tonight. It's 7.42 and let me see. <laughs> you know, just kidding. <laughs> You know, there's a, there's a spiritual mother here. She's going she's gonna to help me <laughs> if I go beyond the time. So, uh, uh, if you have your Bible, uh, I know you have your Bibles. Let's go, to, let's go to Acts chapter 14. Acts chapter 14. Acts chapter 14. Uh, we'll read a few scriptures here. I didn't plan to be funny, but sometimes it comes spontaneous. I'm, I'm a spontaneous guy. You know? 
<laughs> Amen. So, in Acts chapter 14, starting from verse 1, the Bible says here, in Iconium, which is Paul and Barnabas, if you notice in, in, in chapter 13, in Acts, in Acts chapter 13, the, as they were fasting and praying, ministering unto the Lord Jesus. Let me, let me just make a key thing for you. This is not in my sermon, but I believe we need, to, we need to notice this. In Acts chapter 13, what happened, Paul and Barnabas, and there were some other church leaders, what they're doing, they're just taking their time, praying and worshiping unto Jesus. You know, many times when we have a need, what we do, that's the only time we go, are we try to talk about our need more than worshiping Jesus more, right? So in, in, in chapter 13, you see that they were worshiping and, uh, and praising the Lord. And as they were worshiping and praising the Lord and fasting, the word of the Lord came and said, separate Paul and Barnabas to the ministry I have called them. So the, the church leadership you know, commissioned and sent Paul and Barnabas on missionary journeys. And they began their missionary journeys. Uh, it's going to continue in chapter 14. So in chapter 14, verse 1, in Iconium, Paul and Barnabas entered the synagogue of the Jews together and spoke in a such a manner that a large number of people believed both of Jews and of Greeks. But Jews who disbelieved stirred up the minds of the Gentiles and embittered them against the brethren. Therefore, notice what they did. Therefore, did they pack up their bags and go away? The Bible says, therefore, they spent a long time there speaking boldly with the reliance upon the Lord. Amen? With the reliance upon the Lord, who was testifying, notice, when you rely upon the Lord Jesus, what happens? What happens? The Lord is going to testify to the word of His grace, granting that signs and wonders be done by their hands. Amen? Signs and wonders be done by their hands. Let me tell you something. You know, they were commissioned. They're a fresh batch. They're on the road, missionary journey, planting churches, going into unreached territories with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And as they were going, notice what happened. They had opposition. They had a couple of bumps here and there on the road. As they were doing what the Lord told them to do and commissioned them in Acts chapter 13, Right? So, as, as they were preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ, there was some opposition. And I want, to, I want to just make it practical for you and I, as we preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, as we stand for the truth, as we say that I believe in the Lord Jesus, I am His believer, I am His disciple. You know, if you're really walking in the room, in the will of God, I want to tell you, you're going to face a couple of bumps here and there on the road. Amen? So, that's what these guys uh, uh, faced. You know, the, the, but notice what happened. As they faced a couple of, you know, oppositions, they didn't back off. They didn't pack up their bags and say, you know what, let's go back to our church elders and just tell them, you know, what happened. You know, they didn't say, let's, uh, it's good to call Pastor Pastor Cody, but uh, sometimes I think, you know what? We need to put on our uh, 
you know, the, the, the fight of faith in us. You know, the, the, the good fight of faith. You know, you can't call Pastor Chris in the middle of the night. And or you could have said, you know what, I wish I could call him, but I know that he's sleeping. You know, but I want to tell you, you know, we, we have the spirit of faith. And we, you know, we have to, we, we have to uh, believe God and, uh, you know, and have that bulldog tenacity. And we should, not, uh, we should not pack up or we should not go back or we should not be lingering on the doubt or unbelief or fear. But we need to press on and believe God. Amen? Yeah. We need to press on and believe God. And that's what Paul and Barnabas did. And you know, you know what happened? Therefore, they spent a long time there. You know why? That's their place to spend a long time there. That's their location. That's where they have the grace from the Lord Jesus. When you have the grace of the Lord in your life, wherever the Lord puts you, you're going to prosper, as we talked about in Genesis 26. So uh, for these guys, they know that that's the will of God. That's the place where they need to be. And they didn't back off because of the opposition, because people are not receiving them. You know what they did? They spent long time there because they know that's the grace they have. So when you have the grace, wherever God call you, even you face a couple of things here and there, and uh, opposition, you, uh, I encourage you from the word of God, fight a good fight of faith. You know, and believe on the promises of God. And, uh, and, and stand your ground. Stand your ground. Amen? That's what we need to do. You know, uh, you know Cincinnati is, is, is bigger comparing to Paducah, Kentucky. And when I'm planning on coming from Cincinnati to uh, Paducah, Kentucky, you know what everybody said in Cincinnati? Why you want to go to Paducah, Kentucky uh, when you uh, have already established yourself with the relationships and with contacts and with churches and it's a big city here, why you want to go somewhere where you don't know anybody? You know what I told them? The Lord told me to go there. And I deep inside, I know that that's where my grace is. That's where I know that I'm going to flourish. Right? So I, I, I came in Greyhound bus, bus from all the way from Cincinnati to Paducah. It takes five hours, but because of Greyhound, I had to travel 12 hours overnight. But I came here. You know, but I didn't back off. You know, I had a couple of bumps here and there. But, uh, but you know what? I, I stood my ground and I know my grace. And Pastor Chris helped me. And, uh, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm running. I'm running. My wife and I, we're running with what God uh, told us to do and why we are here. So I'll, t I'll, I'll share some testimonies with you in a few minutes. So the number one thing, what I, what I encourage you to do, when the Lord tells you to do something, when God calls you to do something, when you're standing in, the, in His will, in His room, you know what? Because of a couple of bumps here and there, or because you're facing some trouble, or some pressure, you know, can I say something to you? You know, Jesus said in, in John chapter 16, verse 33, Jesus said, in this world, you'll have trouble, you'll have trials, you'll, you'll have tribulations. You know what is that word means in Greek? It's everyday pressure externally, internally you're facing. External, internal pressure we face every day. That's the word trial or that's the word tribulation means. 
So Jesus said, hey, you know what? You're going to have some pressure here and there. But he said, be a good cheer. He said, be a good cheer because I have overcome the world for you. Amen. Amen. If Jesus has overcome the world for you, you know, we don't need to give a rip what's going on. You know, we should not give, pay attention to what the devil is doing or to your circumstances. But we need to stand on the word of God and we need to stand our ground and fight a good fight of faith and grab hold on to the promises of God. How a bulldog holds on to whatever he finds it, right? So that's what we need to do. So, so these guys, they were standing their ground and they spent long time there speaking. What they're speaking? What they're speaking? The word of God, the gospel of Jesus Christ, his healing power, his redemption, his deliverance, and his providence. That's what they're speaking, right? And that's what we need to speak when we, when we, when, when we face a couple of bumps here and there. What we need to do? We don't just, you know, it's good to call Pastor Chris, as I said. But you know what? We need to speak the word of God. We need to stand our ground. We need to fight a good fight of faith with this Bible. And we need to walk in the room God has given us. Amen? So that's what they did. You know, as they, as they did their job, notice what the Lord did. Because they relied upon the Lord Jesus. You know, that's really important. To, rel to rely upon the Lord Jesus every day. But especially when you're facing pressure. Right? Especially when you're facing pressure instead of sitting on the couch and watch TV or see if I can call somebody else and let them pray for me while I'm feeling bad. You know, but we need to pray, <laughs> you know, for ourselves. We need to believe God for ourselves. Then we should do our, uh, when we do our assignment, then we should call other people and say, hey, you know what, can you believe with me? You know, that's what we need to do, right? So, uh, so, so they stood their ground, they relied upon the Lord, and notice what happened. Then, God testifying to the word of his grace, granting that signs and wonders be done by their hands. Amen? How, how does these signs and wonders from Jesus were done? Did Jesus just open the windows of heaven and, you know, just throw those signs and wonders? They were done through the hands of Paul and Barnabas, right? They were done by your hands. They're going to be done by your hands. When we believe, when we have that revelation, that, you know, the demonstration of the Holy Spirit, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, the signs and wonders can be done in my life, you know, in my ministry, in, in, in my family, in my job line, you know, in my business, in this, in this secular world, when we have that revelation, when we are expecting God, and when we are believing God, and asking God to help us, you know what? God is going to help us. Amen. Amen? You know, uh, most of you know that I, you know, my wife and I, and my three kids, and uh, 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 Pastor Cody, we went to India a uh, couple of months ago this year, right? Most of you know that. So right before I left for India, I was preaching for a church in Oscar, Kentucky. You know, they, I was preaching that Sunday morning, and I, I preached on faith, Mark chapter 11, and uh, I, I gave the service back to pastor, 
and uh, the pastor, uh, you know, uh, said, you know, anybody who wants to come to the altar, the altar is open. So, uh, you know, people were coming and praying, especially there was this one large family. They brought this man in the wheelchair, and, uh, you know, the man was there. He's in his probably 60s, and they were just crying and uh, just, you know, being emotional. Uh, I asked the pastor, what's wrong? And uh, he said, uh, he has some kind of a disease. My wife knows what is that name. Lugarious disease. And, uh, and he didn't walk. Uh, uh, he didn't walk for three months. He was on his wheelchair. And he had a hard time coming to church that Sunday morning. And uh, so the pastor asked me if I can uh, pray for him. And uh, so I said, uh, tell the man to remove his shoes. So my son was with me, amen, and uh, I, I anointed his feet with, uh, uh, with oil, and, uh, uh, and, and these words come up in me, that rise up and walk, rise up and walk. You know, you, know, you have to believe God, right? <laughs> you have to believe God, especially when you preach in a church, you know, where uh, sometimes they don't believe in, 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 in gifts of healing. In, in, in miracles. So uh, I, 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 I told the man on the wheelchair, rise up and walk, God is going to heal you. Yeah. You know what he did? He, he unbuckled his seat belt and he got up. I gave him a lift and he got up and he walked all the way from the one side of the altar to the other side of the altar a couple of times. The more he was walking, his back became straight. Yeah. And uh, the whole church became crazy in the Holy Ghost. And, uh, you know, and, uh, and, and the pastor said even, pastor said even, you know what? This, is what, this is what the demonstration of the Holy Spirit is when Paul is talking in, 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 in the Corinthian church. And the family told me afterwards, my dad didn't walk for three months. And uh, he has this particular disease. And... Uh, 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 he had a hard time coming to church this morning, coming out of his bed, uh, transferring him from bed to the wheelchair. And uh, they said he especially cannot walk without his shoes. So the Lord did beyond the natural. Amen? So the man didn't walk for three months. He couldn't able to get up from his bed to the wheelchair. He cannot walk without his shoes. But the demonstration of the Holy Spirit, as I obeyed God, God did his sign and wonder. Amen? Amen? Hallelujah? And when we were in India, you know, Pastor Chris, probably he told you the story that he never seen a blind man open his eyes so he can see. But we were preaching that night and I, I read this uh, passage, Hebrews 2.4, and we were, we were praying as we were driving to this one particular church. And, uh, and uh, you know, there was this man, you know, they brought him in the prayer line. Uh, you know, they said, you know, his blood veins were, uh, were, uh, were not working under his eyes and he lost his eyesight. And uh, uh, Pastor Chris prayed for him. And asked him, you know, how many are these? And he said, four, three, two, one. And he began to see, amen? amen? He began to see. So while we were in India, the Lord did something great I have not seen so far in my ministry. 
Do you remember this passage in Acts chapter 19? Uh, uh, in Acts chapter 19, uh, the Lord is doing extraordinary miracles uh, through the hands of Paul. And uh, there, were some, there were some people who, who couldn't be able to come. But in Acts chapter 19, if we can go there, let's go there because we're in the same, uh, same book here. In Acts chapter 19, starting from verse 11, Acts chapter 19, starting from verse 11, Verse 11, God was performing. Who's performing here? No man can perform this extraordinary miracles, right? But God is performing extraordinary miracles by whose hands? Paul's hands, right? And God can do extraordinary miracles through your hands. Through your hands as you believe God. As you desire the gifts of the Holy Spirit, as you believe God beyond your natural circumstances, you know, He can perform a sign and a wonder for your family and for the world to see that there is a God in heaven and He can change any situation in your life that He, all the glory, belongs to Him and to His church. Amen? So, so in verse 12, so that the handkerchiefs or aprons were even carried from his body to the sick and the diseases left them and the evil spirits went out. Amen? Amen. So what happened, there was, a, there was a, my wife was preaching to the women there. We have 60 women. We're teaching and equipping them uh, to go, uh, uh, you know, to go and be a woman evangelist in India to share the gospel. So she's preaching and I was translating uh, in my language, uh, and there was a lady, she came up and said, uh, uh, you know, she said, you know, uh, I'm, I'm not a pastor, but she called me pastor, uh, you know, I'm an evangelist, you know that, right? <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> but I, I'm seriously an evangelist. So. Uh, but so, you know, she called, she said, you know, uh, pastor, can you pray for me, uh, for my sister? And I said, what, oh, what's wrong with your sister? My sister couldn't able to come to service with me because uh, all her uh, left side of the body got swollen, especially her hand, and she's at home with severe pain. Can you pray for my sister? You know, instead of just praying, I remembered this scripture, Acts chapter 19, verse 11 and 12. So what I did, do you have a handkerchief? She said, yes, I have a handkerchief. So I asked, uh, I, I, I took that handkerchief, I put it in my hand and I prayed father in Jesus name what you did in the book of Acts 19 can you do it again as a pray on this handkerchief that your power will perform a miracle for this lady and I thank you for it and that's what I prayed and I told the lady read the scriptures in Acts chapter 19 and pray for your sister so that was uh, Monday afternoon and Tuesday afternoon, she comes back and she tells me, you know what, uh, we did whatever you told us to do. And as soon as we prayed for our sister with that handkerchief and read the scriptures, you know what happened? In two hours, all the swelling left my sister and she became normal. Amen? She became normal. And I have not seen that uh, in my ministry so far as an evangelist. And also... I rem uh, there was one lady, 
you know, in India, you know, people do witchcraft. They do black magic. So uh, this particular lady, she came up to me and said, somebody did a witchcraft on my legs that I cannot walk and especially I cannot go to church. And I struggled walking and uh, I'm afraid. I don't have, I, I, I'm tormented. I, ha I don't have any peace. So uh, I, just, uh, I just laid hands on her and I rebuked that spirit to come out of her. That she'll be free in her body, in her feet, that she can walk normal again. You know what? She came back Sunday morning and she testified and said, God, God delivered me. I, I, my, my feet are free. I don't have the torment anymore. And I'm free because Jesus set me free. Amen? Jesus set me free. Amen? You know, a few weeks ago, I'm just sharing some stories with you. Uh, probably, uh, probably like, uh, uh, probably three weeks ago, I was in St. Louis with Chelsea. And uh, I get a phone call. I get a phone call that this particular family in Paducah don't have a pastor. They don't attend a church. But the husband, is uh, as, uh, his heart was only functioning 10%. And they admitted him in the Lewis Hospital. And so they asked me if I can go and pray for them. And uh, for the man, for the husband. His name is Aaron. So, uh, when I got back from St. Louis, I went and visited the family in the, in the Lourdes Hospital, and I prayed with the man, I read the scriptures from Mark chapter 5 about the woman with the issue of blood, and I told Aaron, God is going to heal you, and God is going to help you, that your heart will get better, and it's going to perform 100%, and uh, I prayed with him, and I told his family to touch base with me if they need me and update me what's going on. So after I prayed after two days, I get, a, I get a text message in the middle of the night. I didn't open it up. I saw it in the morning. And uh, the, uh, the, the family texted me and said, <clears throat> uh, my husband had uh, two strokes last night. And, uh, and there was a severe bleeding in the right side of, right side of his brain and the tissue got damaged in, in, in his brain. And uh, so they had to fly him from, from Lewis Hospital to Vanderbilt uh, overnight. And so uh, I read the text message. And what do you think in the natural? <laughs> I prayed and I read scriptures and nothing happened. <laughs> and this man had two strokes and he has bleeding in his brain. And the family even told me, for next seven days, the doctor said it's going to be critical for him. If the bleeding doesn't stop in his brain, we have to cut open his brain so the, the, the blood will come out. So it's very critical. But I believed God. And the spirit of faith rise up in me. And I told my wife, you know what? We're going to drive to Vanderbilt, Nashville, Tennessee. And I'm going to pray for that man. And he's going to get better. In Jesus' name. So beyond the natural, beyond what happened, my family and I, we drove to Nashville. He was in ICU, and that was the perfect time when I went, no, except his dad. Nobody was in the room. His wife and other family were resting. So uh, I, I, I stayed with Aaron sitting next to his bed and holding his right hand. And as I began to pray, Aaron began to cry. 
and he received the Lord in that ICU in Vanderbilt. After he received the Lord, this is very interesting, I haven't seen this, and uh, uh, he fell into a brief nap and started snoring. And I, as, as he fell into a brief nap and started snoring, you know, his dad left the room, I see you. So I was, I was in the room by myself. Yeah. You know what I did? I took my liberty. <laughs> and I, holding his right hand, I began to pray in the Spirit. For an hour and a half, I began to pray in the Spirit. And I holded my Bible and I put on his brain, right side of the brain. I said, tissue, you're going to be normal. And blood, there'll be no blood flow, water flowing anymore. And there'll be no bleeding in Jesus' name. And heart, I speak to you that you're going to function back normal, 100%. And I prayed, and uh, I believed this Hebrews 2.4, that God is going to validate your ministry with signs and wonders. And I prayed, and I gave thanks to the Father, and I walked away from that place. That was Saturday afternoon. Sunday afternoon, I get a text message from the family, and they said they did a scat scan on my husband's brain, and there's no bleeding, amen? There's no bleeding, and his tissue is normal, hallelujah? And not only that, but they did an echo on his heart, and you know what? The 10% heart became 25% at that time. Said so they moved him from ICU to a normal room in Vanderbilt. Amen? And after two days, I get a text message again and saying, they're sending my husband back to Lewis Hospital for a therapy for two weeks. And you know what happened last week? This, he's home now. He's home now. Amen? He's home now. Two strokes, 10% hard working, bleeding in his right side of the brain. But you know what? God did his word. God performed his word with signs and wonders. But notice, somebody has to stand in faith. Somebody has to be bold and say, you know what? Bless God. I'm not going to let this thing happen. Even though I don't know the family, they don't go to church. You know what? I believed God. And I told the family, his wife, Aaron's wife, you know what? Jesus did a great work for your family. I encourage you to find a church and, uh, and read Bible. And she said, I'm going to work on it. And Lord willing, you know, they're going to obey God and find a home church. Amen? So, uh, you know, God, you know that, that's, that, that's what we need to believe God in this time frame. You know, my, it's 8.10. I think I can go till five minutes. Uh, I, I can go at five minutes. So, uh, uh, you know, a, a week ago, I get a phone call from a, from a pastor friend of mine. He's a Baptist pastor, uh, pastoring on Highway 45. Uh, they, their church were having a picnic at Columbus State Park. And while they were having their picnic at Columbus State Park, you know, they began to pray for people. And as they began to pray for people, they came across this one family. And uh, uh, the wife was so terrified. The husband, he didn't even talk to them. And uh, they have, you know, two boys and one girl. Uh, uh, and uh, the wife said, you know what? We live in Cairo, Illinois. And we bought a house in Wycliffe, Kentucky. 
and since we moved into this particular home, you know, uh, we, uh, we are tormented by the evil one and we are harassed, we don't get sleep in the night and we get all these marks on our body and scratches and my husband lost 40 pounds so uh, she asked the pastor friend of mine that, you know, would you come to our home and pray for us? Because she has reached three pastors in Wycliffe to come and ask them uh, to come and pray for them. But nobody came to their home. So this pastor friend of mine, he calls me and says, hey, brother, come <laughs> You know, he says, he says, you know what? Uh, I, I came across this one particular family and nobody wants to go to their home and pray for them. So do you think you can come with me? <sighs> and I, I, like, I like those kind of opportunities. So I said, let me fast and take a day because I don't want to just do it in a hurry because I was cutting grass outside so I don't want to just go and do it. So we went and uh, you can sense as soon as you walk into the house, you can sense depression, fear, torment, and uh, the man don't. The, the man, he, his uh, his eyes were so big, and you can see uh, he he don't have any peace, and he's confused, and he's afraid, and you can see the wife and children, and uh, they were just uh, they were they don't have any peace in their life. They're tormented by the evil one. And, uh, you know, I began to minister to them by scriptures. Tell them that Jesus has the power and the devil is defeated. And you are redeemed from the curse of the law. And you can be free tonight if you want to. And you can believe God and you can receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And Jesus can set you free. Amen. Amen. And after an hour... You know, the man said, yes, I want to receive Jesus. I want to be free. So I, I, I led them to Jesus, the whole family. They prayed with me and they received the Lord Jesus as their Savior. Then I did my job according to the Word of God as the Bible says in, in Acts chapter 19 verse, verse 12. So that the handkerchiefs or aprons were even carried from his body to the sick and the disease left them. And the evil spirits went out. Amen? Amen. In Jesus' name, everything has to go. Amen. Amen? So I rebuked that spirit, that demonic activity to leave that man and his family. And I pleaded the blood of Jesus. And they were free now. And this pastor friend of mine called me and said, they were so thankful that we went to their home and ministered to them. And I told them the same thing before I left their house. You need to go to church. You need to read your Bible. Close any kind of door you open in the spiritual to be closed so the enemy cannot come. So what I heard from this pastor that they're attending a church. So praise God. Amen. So praise God. Amen. So this is the last thing I'm going I'm, I'm to share with you. But I, the reason I'm, all, I'm sharing this with you, you know, Pastor, pastor Cody, he's in a series uh, for last few weeks about believing God and desiring the gifts of the Holy Spirit, right? To operate and to help us in our life, in our ministry, in our marriages, in our city. And this is how, this is how 
people in the book of Acts, they changed every city because they depended upon the Holy Spirit power and his gifts to perform. So, so I, I encourage you, I challenge you, whatever you're receiving from, from Pastor Chris, you know, whatever the Bible says, you know, we need to believe. Amen. We need to believe and walk in it. Amen? Amen? We need to believe and walk in it. So as an evangelist, I'm, I'm believing God. And I like preaching at churches, which is fine. But my heart is beyond churches. I want to reach to multitudes. So I called a pastor from Ballard County a week ago and said, God has been dealing with me to do old-fashioned tent revivals. Right? So he says, let me see what I can do. Right? So I'm praying and believing, my wife and I, he calls me next day and say, hey, brother, the city is going to help us. So you know what happened? There are 7,000 people in, in, live in Ballard County. And uh, most of you know there's a cross in Wycliffe on, on, a, on a hill, right? So the city of Wycliffe, the city of Wycliffe is going to sponsor fireworks, hot dogs, hamburgers, and they want me to preach June 30th, July 1st, July 2nd, 3rd, and 4th revival every night. And they're going to provide me with a tent which can hold 500 people. Amen? And there are almost nine churches are praying together with me to believe God for a harvest of 3,000 souls come to the Lord Jesus. Amen? So the reason I'm sharing this with you, you know, we cannot just come to church and praise God and give tithes and offerings and say amen and go home, but we need to believe something beyond. We need to be, we, we cannot be natural or, or, or normal, but we need to believe God for the signs and wonders to happen. You know, for a guy from India who don't speak country and who don't, who don't, Originally not from here, but you know what? God gave me favor in this country. God gave me favor in this country, and God put people in my life who love me because of Jesus, and because of that, I can preach my dream, the tent revival, which, which God actually has been dealing with me since beginning of the year. You know, so, uh, you know, one thing I, I, I encourage you, you know, pray for this tent revival. You know, it, it's not easy for all the denominational churches to come together and let a guy from India preach for four nights or five nights and a city behind it, it's all because of Jesus and God has a plan and we need to go beyond the norm and believe God for extraordinary things to happen. So I know that you pray in the spirit, most of you. If you remember and if you would like to, you know, I encourage you to pray for this revival. I encourage you to, I challenge you to believe God for the gifts of the Holy Spirit, for signs and wonders uh, to perform in your life, in your marriages, for your children, and, and for our city and region. That, you know, uh, the, 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 the revival, the revival of the Holy Ghost will continue, and we're going to see great things from God. Amen? Amen. I, I, I heard a minister say, uh, if I tell his name, you'll know him and you trust him. But he said, uh, God spoke to him one day and said, Son, what I have did in the book of Acts, I'm going to do much greater in these last days. 
if my people stand in the gap and cooperate with me. Amen? Amen. So that's where I'm going to close tonight. And uh, Pastor Chris, thank you. And uh, Pastor Amber, thank you. And thank you for being patient with me. And I'm just going to encourage you to stand up tonight.